Hello again, everyone. Welcome to GACC South Unplugged, a transatlantic conversation with Matthias Hoffman. I am Roger Manus with Business Radio X, and I'll be your moderator. And let me introduce our host, Matthias. Hi, Matthias. How are you? Hey, Roger. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm I'm great. Happy New Year. This Happy is our new first year. show of the of the new year, and we're, we're, year. we're broadcasting from the GACC South uh, offices overlooking Midtown Atlanta and your uh, with an excellent view from your office. Thank you so much. That's correct. We have an excellent view, right? And, and an well, excellent guest. Excellent guest. Absolutely. So let me start like that. We, we started in full swing here into the new year 2023. And today we have a lot of guests actually here in the chamber. So a lot of people from the leadership team of the DIHK, which is our umbrella organization but also we have the ceos of our chambers of our sister chambers from chicago new york san francisco washington dc and toronto and canada here but our special guest here in for our podcast is dr volker Dreyer, chief executive of foreign trade and member of the executive board of our german chamber of commerce association in in germany and from berlin hello hello roger hello matthias thank you for having me how are you doing I'm fine being here in Atlanta with this marvelous view. Fantastic. Wish the weather was a tad better, but it's 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 clearing up today for you. So, um, how Don't talk how, about the weather <laughs> is, is is really the opposite of chilly outside. Yeah, I came from Germany and I came from Washington last night, and in Washington it was really chilly. In here, just an hour or a bit more flight uh, to Atlanta. For me, it's fantastic again. Well, as we say, welcome to winter in Georgia where you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it will be really cold one day and then not so bad the next. So do you, in your capacity, do you travel a lot? You travel yes. the world a lot? Yes, I travel a lot, except the COVID-19 period up to mid of last year. Uh, I was used to be, as a Berliner, the most frequent traveler of Berlin. And finally, we are very happy that we finally got a, an airport, a new airport, but that's a different story. <laughs> All right, if you could please, since I'm, I'm the person here who doesn't maybe uh, know everything about, explain what your job is. He gave us your job title, but but what does that mean? What do you do on a daily basis? We are, as the IHK, and we are not the association anymore, we are the True. German Chamber of Industry True. and Commerce, uh, which makes a difference. But anyway, that's a different story. We have the privilege and the pleasure to coordinate a worldwide network of German bilateral chambers uh, abroad all over the world. In 93 countries in the world, 140-something locations with uh, 50, 000, more than 50,000 member companies outside of Germany, but also inside Germany. We have 79 chambers of commerce and industry with 3.5 million uh, member companies in that chamber. That means we do support business, and my job is to support business on an international basis, but do more much about the framework for that international business, not for the uh, firm-specific uh, needs. So you are a doctor, and your doctor is in economics? It's a... In the U.S., you would say it's a Ph.D. It's in economics, yes. Okay. What, what would we say in Germany? <laughs> yeah, in Germany, their doctor still exists outside of medicine, but uh, we call it also more and more Ph.D. Okay. Um, so that your expertise is how everything works together. and Yeah. Take, for instance the different, the multiple crises we do have. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, there is this this, this uh, ugly uh, 
aggressive war by led by Russians against the Ukraine. This has also economic effects. Uh, for instance, uh, skyrocketing energy prices, at least in Germany. And we take care of how can we do something in order to dampen this, this cost burden for many companies, uh, especially in Germany. Yeah, take uh, the, the, the crisis of international trade and investment flows when we think about uh, is China maybe the next kind of Russia and is there a certain form of decoupling uh, our economic linkages uh, uh, to China and, and what is the reaction of others and what does this mean in trade policies, in tariffs and things like that. So these working about these framework. So therefore, it was so important that I was in Washington yesterday. Yeah, I think that your visits to Washington are, are of super high importance. But also coming here to the southern U.S. is important because here you're going to meet a lot of German companies. We have organized a couple of roundtables, uh, visits to member companies of ours, so you'll get to know the real economy and what our German manufacturing companies are doing here in the south. I think that just firms your view of what's happening. And they do invest quite a lot here. Absolutely. In I think that's a good topic that we're going to touch upon, investments of German companies in the U.S. And how, how does Berlin, how do you see that? Is that a good thing for the German economy or not? Yeah, go ahead. Is it? <laughs> First of all, it's a good thing because we support investments all over the world. Uh, we don't believe in zero-sum games that it always goes at the expense of others. That means, from my perspective, at the expense of Germany. This time is different in that sense that we would say, okay, look what is happening in the United States with favorable investment conditions. Going back to Germany, say, look at them, what they are doing. Because in Germany, now investment plans are not really expanding Uh, the investment trend is, is, is flat and we need investments. If we take into account, for instance, only this, yes, this, this huge envisaged effort, what we call the Green Deal, in order to get our uh, business community climate neutral uh, up to uh, 2045, which is a tremendous challenge, means that we need investments above additional to the normal investments uh, above 100, certainly about 100 billion euro per year, additionally, year by year, up to 2045. And, and, and when then the investment behavior is, is, is flat, is, is, is weak, then this is worrisome. So, and we take the mirror here uh, in the regions, I look what they are doing, uh, maybe we can copy something. Is, is that a coordinated effort of all European Union countries or is Germany doing its own thing there? I mean, that's a very good question, and, and that shows how complex the world of German business in the meantime is. So European integration is of utmost importance because it creates as a very much larger market uh, than only the German market. And having the power of the European Union in order to negotiate with Uh, economic partners, how can we create even better uh, conditions to a better international flow of goods, services and uh, uh, investment and capital uh, is, is, is done by the European much better than uh, with a country like Germany. No? But uh, in order to coordinate all the different uh, countries, the 27, or let's take only 
the relationship between France and Germany is not an easy thing. And it is even more complex than to coordinate uh, what is happening on the federal level in Germany right. itself. I'm curious, when you are in Washington, who are you meeting with and what are the discussions about? Uh, I'm meeting with high representatives of, of uh, different ministries, State Department, Department of Commerce, with the USTR representatives who are responsible for, for those kind of trade deals and the discussions, for instance, with the European Union, with the Trade and Technology Council, uh, meeting with representatives of, of German companies who have offices uh, in Washington in order to do their own lobby work, in order to know what is happening in those uh, companies, and uh, visiting our chamber there. We also have a, a German-American chamber, a delegation of German business in Washington, as well as a, a liaison office with our good friends, uh, the Association of German Manufacturers. So uh, it's these kind of talks there are of utmost importance in order to get mutual understanding what are different perspectives on different issues. Take the Inflation Reduction Act here in the United States. Yeah? Uh, and we discussed this yesterday quite a lot and very intensively. And, and I thought it was good that I could have had the opportunity to, to give, the, give the you from, from a Berlin perspective to Washington was well received. Uh, we support this mega project uh, in order because it's it's uh, envisaged to to give a contribution to tackle the climate change from a U.S. Uh, uh, standpoint, uh, but it inc has included some forms of subsidies which might infringe uh, the rules, what we call the WTO rules, uh, because you get to some extent subsidies for for selling or for producing uh, when you have the provision of a certain level of production only in, in, in the US, uh, local content rules. And the local content rules uh, infringement is forbidden uh, according to the WTO rules and it might go at the expense also of uh, added value of production and deliveries and exports uh, from the European Union to the United States. And we don't want to prevent us to step in a tit-for-tat situation. This is what we discussed yesterday. Uh, about the Inflation Reduction Act, it's a really hot topic in Germany. It's being discussed like all the time over the past few weeks. What we, though, see from our member companies here is like, first of all, some of them see it as a good thing, right? Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Can I understand? But, but also, we're, we're just now in the process of conducting our German-American Business Outlook, a survey that we conduct on a yearly basis. And we ask companies like, hey, what is the reason for your investments, right? And not so many say that, uh, you know, like incentives like the Inflation Reduction Acts are, are critical of critical importance. It's still, if we look in the bigger picture, it's still the sheer market size of the U.S. It's proximity to the customers, to the clients here, which kind of form their investment decisions. And if you look like, like you know, when those investments decisions have been taken in the past, you know, there was a lot of times before the Inflation Reduction Act. So a lot of companies have their five-year, 10-year, 20-year planning, and they do not plan on, on those incentives a lot. We do not complain that uh, that is really, that the 
IRA is, is going at the expense of, of investments in, in Germany. We do much more complain about Germany is a trading nation. We need clear rules and we need the United States to uh, uh, play by that rules because they were more or less, together with the European Union, the inventors of those WTO rules. And our companies now and our uh, whole economy has to diversify to where get the critical minerals from, preliminary goods, but also the markets. Yeah, we have the discussion uh, with China. There is a greater risk assessment. So we have to diversify. And for that, we have to, to work with the United States, of course. That's of utmost importance. But also we have to work with countries like India, like Indonesia, which are in the next row, so to say, Brazil. Uh, and with them, we are aiming for uh, trade negotiations with the European Union. But when we start and say, okay, here we have with the IRA an exemption in order that we benefit from a violation of the WTO rule, for instance, but then I know what they are saying. Yeah? So, And this means from a German business point of view, the existence And development of the WTO rules are of utmost importance. And the more it is worrisome that our closest alliance, allies, uh, uh, ally, uh, our closest partner and friend, the United States, are might be might be uh, violating WTO rules. Okay, um, I understood most of that. <laughs> It's not so easy. It's not so easy. It's really <laughs> well, complex. It, it is complex. And uh, one of the things that I'm curious about is you, as you look at the international relationships, job creation itself. You know, you're wanting German jobs, but these, some of these companies are internationally based. That this, that the, you know, this, the chamber serves here in the southern U.S. So, do you care where the jobs are created if it's serving German companies? We believe, and we know it by evidence, that a job created. Uh, from a German company outside of Germany has always led to an additional or not to the same extent, three jobs outside might be one or two jobs inside of Germany, created even higher productive jobs in Germany due to the relations between those companies because they create an added value chain. And this made us really in the last, I would say, maybe since the fall of the Iron Curtain, 89, uh, uh, an even stronger nation than we, we have been before. So everything, that, the work that Matthias and his staff are doing in the southern U.S. is very beneficial back home uh, in, in helping create, maintain those relationships and helping German businesses here. This is our belief, and this is the reason why we support uh, uh, Matthias, but all his other colleagues worldwide in order to support German companies, even if they say, okay, we create jobs here. And sometimes it's the case that they do it at the expense of uh, uh, Germany. But this is then, if so, and now we have such a situation, because the conditions to do it in Germany are less favorable. But we don't blame the other countries for that, that they have offered uh, better conditions uh, to do so. We go back and say in Berlin, look, uh, we have to work on our locational factors, yeah? tax system, energy prices, incentives to invest. Uh, so therefore, we are not envious. We support anyway. But uh, this is, but 
in general, on average, it always creates all the jobs in Germany. And, and that's how, how we see it here as with our jobs here as well. Because in the end, the US, we see it as an expansion market, right? I mean, that's additional investments that, again, have positive effects on Germany. So it's, it's usually not the case that a, a German company says like, hey, the situation is so favorable in the US that we close shop in Germany and just move to the US. But rather, you know, like you expand your investments here and a, that has a positive drawbacks on Germany again. Well, and one of the things that's interesting to me is as an, as an American, the Inflation Reduction Act obviously made big news here. But sometimes we forget the global impact that we have as the United States. And you guys are very much in tune with what that legislation did here and has affected in your country. It, this time, I guess it's really the case, what you described, uh, Robert. Uh, my impression from Washington is that it was done this aspect, only one aspect of this violation of the WTO rules. It was done coincidentally and as a collateral damage. It was not envisaged. It, it, they are not aiming for it. The aim of IRA, we absolutely support. It is a huge program which uh, uh, really could serve as a kind of a role model also in, in, in Europe. Yeah? When we tackle the climate change, we put much more burden on the companies instead of incentivizing or incentive, uh, motivating them in order to invest in those types of sector which we can define as climate neutral. Well, and that is one of the things about legislation in this country. They sometimes throw lots of stuff into a big into a big a spending bill. And then sometimes it's got nothing to do with the goal of it is. And it's complicated for an American to understand how much stuff can go into. They start writing checks, you know what I mean? But uh, this, you can compare it. It's likewise uh, to Germany and European Union. The red tape on top is, in the meantime, really incredible. We are laughing about, but uh, uh, there are so many regulations uh, uh, underway. And Maybe it's also a trend of 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 uh, of the modern times uh, that that there's a shift of uh, a responsibility taking away from the state from the state authorities down to the firms firms level. Huh? You have to take care about everything what we are aiming for with our policy. And that's a great segue because we know that Roger is in the meantime he's learning German here, so he knows the word Standkorb. <laughs> so I think you, you pronounce that pretty well. So I have a new I have a new task for you, you know. Okay. And that's uh, something okay. a good segue to Volker. So next word for you to learn is Liefergetten-Sorgfaltspflichtengesetz. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna take a while. <laughs> that's ten, gonna, ten syllables. Uh, what, is it, what does it mean? Uh, it's it's a German or or the European uh, supply chain due diligence act. And I think that's a good segue because that's a regulation that is pushed onto German companies and I think that uh, Volker could share his thoughts about that. Yeah. Lieferketten-Sorgfaltpflichtengesetz. Uh, I know it. Oh, you mean the Supply Chain Due Diligence Act? Is that what you mean? <laughs> this is what I mean. <laughs> Roger, great. Great. Uh, 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 and don't laugh. Uh, there are also plans to, to establish this in other places in the world, yeah? The European Union in general, And yesterday I've spoken. I don't. I'm not the inventor. If if uh, the U.S. administration will ever do this, yeah. Uh, no. What is it? Uh, it it uh, the, the state authorities are conveying their responsibility uh, that uh, human rights or the a general definition of human rights. It's, it's also a, a critical topic. What are human rights? Uh, uh, 
are conveyed by state authority to firms level, but not only in your own uh, uh, company, but it's in Germany, it's uh, uh, you have to take care that your first supplier, that the first tier supplier uh, uh, respects human rights. And human rights uh, means, uh, for instance, also that there is not too much noise at the working place, not in your company, in, in, in the company you are related with, okay. in business relation, first tier. Uh, and it's restricted uh, for a certain size of companies. Now it's uh, 3,000 uh, employees, it will go down to 1,000 employees. But anyway, the bigger those bigger companies, they have now a questionnaire given by a state institution to orientate what is, what do you do, what have you to do uh, we have another obligation is a bemühenspflicht it's your endeavors yeah your efforts you have to show that you you done anything in order to prevent your supplier from a violation of human rights so but the big companies uh, convey this uh, obligation to the smaller ones and say you have to take care in your supply chain uh, and now we have a european uh, uh, approach and a first draft of such a law of such an act on the european level and this goes down to the to the overall supply chain not only restricted to the first uh, uh, tier supplier but also to the value chain that means also including you are selling your product to a customer and you have to take care that this customer is not misusing uh, uh, this product for any type of thing which can be regarded as a violation of human rights. So this is a responsibility or a liability for companies, which is, I would say, overwhelming, and maybe they cannot stand. And if you think about doing business in countries like many countries in Africa, where they don't respect or have not yet reach the level of compliance like we do in our business that smaller companies say okay in this case i prevent from strengthening the ties uh, uh, doing business in in such types of, of of countries and this would be also a a, a blow to 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 the goal that we do want to be part of a better development for instance in africa Right. Uh, so, yeah, we we do not really appreciate. I have to admit. So yeah, so it has the it creates these standards that makes it sometimes more difficult to create international relationships if the standards aren't maintained elsewhere. Yes. Okay. Yes, and once again, we are a trading nation. We are not dependent from one uh, country like take Mexico from the United States, 80% of the trade volume is done with, with the States from a Mexican perspective. Germany, uh, our largest uh, export market are the United States. What do you think? How? What is the percentage uh, of the overall export, what we are selling to the United States in, in, yeah, in percentage points? Oh, you're quizzing me now. <laughs> uh, I know we buy a lot of German cars. <laughs> oh, 50%. 40. It's 9%. Of 9%. 9%. 9% of our overall ta- exports are going to the United States. We're so, happy about, yeah, then we have France, we have China, we have oh, Italy. Sure, yeah. sure. I, I sounded, yeah. Uh, so are we your biggest 
at nine percent, or is there? We, you are our biggest. Okay, so so you are incredibly connected based on that number that you've got of your one hundred percent. You know, you're going to have a country that you do two percent with, and three percent, and five, and so you guys, you when you say trading nation, you're connected everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and 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 take this discussion. What we are leading very intensively uh, in Germany, this decoupling discussion or dependency discussion from China. So, if our major export market are United States, that means that China as an export market is below. Okay, it's around about six up to seven percent. Okay, so but it matters, of course. Yeah, but if we do want to go to other markets. That means we do not find another market who can compensate for the very first moment uh, this six or seven uh, percent. So we have to go to many other markets, and this means we have to and we have a granular structure of of German business. We have the big ones, okay, but we have many many small medium sized companies. We call them the Mittelstand, the backbone of German business. So they have not the power in order to negotiate with any small market and then say, okay, but my first tier supplier, he has to be very clean in terms of non-violation of a broad field, what we can call uh, human rights and things like that. So uh, the governments are putting so much additional burden uh, now in nowadays times where we, where businesses have to do business against the backdrop of multiple crises, not to forget the energy Uh, 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 price is soaring. So uh, in that respect, I do think, okay, the best advice uh, with respect to the government would be, please keep the companies, let them do, yeah, uh, and don't uh, uh, hand over your own responsibility on the firm's level. Uh, are, you, are you worried about the involvement or investments of German companies in China? Look, I mean, uh, talking I'm, about crisis. Yeah, there maybe is there's a, there's a German saying, and this <coughs> is uh, it's it's called Wandel durch Handel, societal change through uh, trade. Trade is responsible that a society has to change. This is the essence, the logic of this saying. Uh, this is really overstated. A business is doing business for the business and not for societal change. Now the society in China are not that changing in that direction what we in the Western world, in the United States, in the European Union, in Germany, uh, we're longing for. Uh, but what does this mean? Uh, have been the last 30 years uh, 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 for done for nothing? No. It was uh, a good way. It was a good try, at least for the businesses. It was a good business. And for many people in Germany, we have up to one million jobs in Germany, depending on trade with China. So it was a good thing. We cannot, and then today, our advice, our recommendation is we cannot say, okay, it was a mistake because the Chinese society was not progressing in that direction we were longing for, that we blame the businesses, you, you did the wrong job. No, their job was to, to do business, to, to run for profits, to create jobs on both sides, yeah, in Germany, but also in China. They did it, 
and some say, okay, on my firm's assessment, when it comes to risk, yeah, it's riskier. It's now riskier. And some are redirecting their business from China to other markets in the region. It's called China plus one. And others say that China is such a huge market. It's too big in order to neglect. So, and, and the world is complex on that in that sense. And we don't need recommendations of the governments to say, you have now to step out of China. It's interesting to me the way you have to forecast and see big things coming like relationships with with China, but you also have to react to unprecedented world events like the war in Ukraine. So you're constantly looking ahead and dealing with today. Uh, how do you do that? <laughs> we have wonderful colleagues. We have, and first of all, we have wonderful uh, companies. There are many companies in, in the, in the Ukraine and, and, uh, uh, in, 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 in these times of the war, they have even uh, sessions, board sessions, where the companies uh, were speaking with us via Zoom or Team, via video uh, uh, be below the, 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 the table. Yeah? And, and we did that. Yeah? And they say, okay, please help us uh, uh, to, to support us. Yeah? We have now a new colleague in going to Kiev, if it's from a, a risk assessment point of view, if it's possible, yeah, uh, to to rerun uh, our German Ukrainian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, yeah, we we explain the sanctionist regimes uh, to our companies. We explain uh, the concerns of some sanctions uh, towards the government. So these types of transmitter function. Is, is our job and in nowadays absolutely admittedly is not is not really easy and Volker has created during the pandemic I mean we're striving for digitalization so online tools are are a centerpiece of our development he has created a, a fantastic format where all the CEOs not every week everyone but you know imagine 92 Matthias's all across the world you know get, get, uh, get, get, I, can, get, get I can only handle the one Matthias <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. He, he can handle all of them yeah, he's, me, a, he's a special me. one. <laughs> so, you know, he, he's, he's pulling together in a virtual call all of the CEOs across the world of German bilateral chambers across the world, you know, and then it's kind of like traveling around the world, you know, it's kind of like, hey, what's going on in China? What's the connection here, you know, in terms of supply chain? What does Mexico say about, you know, maybe reshoring, then it goes to the US, back to Europe. So I think that's a wonderful format, basically. And I, I think that Volker, you know, through us as CEOs and with us, with our backing of the companies and our boards, gets valid and good information there. Sounds like you spend a lot of time in airports to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, with the video tools, uh, this was really oh, a, a relief. Uh, but uh, physical meetings are, are much more important. And we've seen this uh, in, in, in last year in, in November. We have had a meeting uh, with the colleagues, uh, organized by the colleagues of Matthias in, in East Asia in order to prepare the companies uh, uh, maybe to think about, to think twice about their engagement in, in China and therefore in other places in, in the ASEAN countries, Thailand, Indonesia, you name it, uh, Australia, India. And we have the attendance, of, have had the attendance of, of the German Chancellor the first time at such a conference. And there were more than 700 uh, uh, German representatives uh, uh, of business 
from that region in Singapore. So this was marvelous. Yeah. And this really brings back also energy to me personally, meeting the people there and, and how eager they are uh, to say, okay, we, we live in, in, in difficult times, but we are looking forward. Uh, and, and yeah, we keep, uh, yeah, we hold the power, bring the power, uh, uh, yeah, into the markets. Yeah. And, and, and we find many, many partners and friends who have a, a, an attitude and a an, an hierarchy of values, which is likewise to ours. Well, we need to wrap up here, Matthias, I guess. Did you want to touch on the German-American business outlook um, February the 8th? Sure, sure. So that's a really important one. First of all, uh, the survey, I think when we broadcast this podcast, is still going to be live. So check it out. The, the, the link is on LinkedIn, on our website, etc. to all German subsidiaries in the United States because the, the more the merrier, basically. You know, the more companies take part in that survey, the, you know, the more valid are the answers and the replies. So we're, we're, we're coming up with, of course, our New Year's receptions in the next coming weeks in North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Houston, uh, Dallas, and as a special one, we have our newest reception coupled with the German-American business outlook at the headquarters of Mercedes-Benz here up there in Sandy Springs in the north of Atlanta. So that's going to be a great event. So we're conducting the, the outlook, right? And then we're going to share the results there during this event. So on the, At the February 8th event. Exactly. On the, and so you, that you guys are hosting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, any, any final thoughts as we wrap up here? I'm really looking forward to, you know, talking strategy now with all the colleagues. You know, it's it's great that they all came to Atlanta, you know, giving having Atlanta as as, you know, a, a good a good meeting point here, you know. Airport is of course good and easy reachability. So, looking forward to to the next coming days here with the colleagues from the US, but also with a lot of companies that Volker will meet here. Uh, would I like to end uh, with a quote of of, of Mark Twain. Uh, I was Tempted to say this one quote because we we have spoken so much about worrisome developments and and complaints and things like that. Yeah, that uh, the one is uh, the way to hell is paved by good intentions. But I don't stop here. I say necessity is the mother of taking chances, and this is what the Matthias and the companies here are really doing, and and the United States in general. Well, it's fantastic. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure meeting you. We appreciate yeah. you coming by. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Uh, thank you, Matthias. You've Thanks, been listening Roger. to the GACC South Unplugged, a transatlantic conversation with Matthias Hoffman. I've been your moderator, Roger Manis, and this is Business Radio X. Thank you so much for listening.